Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sarah Fisher Talks Connective Parenting. I wanted to um, start this week's episode actually with a huge thank you. A thank you for listening, a thank you for sharing the podcast, a thank you for the lovely feedback that I get on a regular basis from parents and professionals. I really do appreciate it and I'm just really pleased that the podcast is helping, that it's you're finding it useful, that it's sharing information. So without further ado, um, I will carry on and hopefully do some more helping. This week, I wanted to talk about siblings. It was one of the topics that I was asked uh, to cover on this series. And it's a topic that I think comes up oh, virtually every day when I'm working with um, parents and professionals, actually. How do we manage the, the difficulties that sometimes can arise between siblings. It's a really complex one. It's not um, a one-size-fits-all answer, but as you'll know, I'm not a believer in one-size-fits-all anyway. Every family is going to have a slightly different dynamic. The reasons that siblings are struggling to connect in a positive way in every family will be different. You know, there's no right or wrong way for siblings to connect there's no saying that they have to get on and be you know best buddies for their entire lives some siblings will never reach that stage others will reach a kind of level of yeah they're okay and others will yeah be truly deeply connected siblings for their entire lives and some will move through that at different phases depending on where they are all of those things are kind of okay and we have to accept them as parents but obviously do everything we can to support them to create the best relationship that they can or understand it if it's gone wrong and what I'm talking about today I'm going to be talking about in a lot more detail at the Connective Parenting Conference in May so I'm running a workshop um, in May all about siblings at the conference so if this is something you're struggling with maybe come and join us there to get even more information and you'll get the opportunity to pick my brains uh, and ask me lots of questions. So if you're a sibling yourself, you will know that sometimes you've got on really, really well with them. And then other times, and it might be later the same day, you have, for whatever reason, decided that they are the worst person on the planet and you do not want them anywhere near you. Sibling rivalry, we all know that that is normal. It happens in all relationships. And often it doesn't go too far. Often it's not literally normal, in inverted commas, whatever the heck normal means. But sometimes it can go too far. And when it is, when it's causing real problems within the family home, when it's causing some real upset between siblings or for one sibling in particular, or when it's causing actual harm, then obviously we need to do something about it. We need to help them to connect. So firstly, we need to think about this in the way we would think about all behaviours. All behaviour is communication. So if we are thinking about one of your children and the struggles they might be having, we don't just look at the behaviour, we look at what's sitting beneath the behaviour. What is it they're trying to communicate from this? What are they trying to tell me? Or what are they trying to tell their sibling? What is it they're communicating? 
when we look at it with those slightly different eyes, we see what's happening in a different way. So it is really important to remember that firstly, to remember that all behaviour is communication. Secondly, we need to remember that as parents, it's not our job necessarily to fix everything. We can't always find a solution to every problem. We can't solve everything for our children. We can be there 100% and we should be there to support them, to help them work through the issues, to help them problem solve it, working with them to problem solve it. But we can't always wave a magic wand and find a solution. And actually, sometimes it's not in our child's interest for us to find the solution. It's really beneficial for them to be part of that solution finding approach. If one of them is struggling more than the other, or if one of them is the uh, instigator of more of the issues, then we need to be thinking about that as well and thinking about actually what are the dynamics between the two of them. So we need to take a step back as the parent and look at it from a slightly broader, more um, helicopter view. You know, when you're standing further away from it or, you know, as a helicopter's point of view, up away from it, you can look down and you can see the whole picture. When we can see the whole picture, it's a lot easier to think about what do my children need from me now to help them with this situation? Or what do my children need from me over the longer term? to help change this dynamic and change this situation. When we're too close to it, in the same way as when we're looking at how we can support an individual child, we only see a small part of the picture. And if we do that, if we focus on only a small part of the picture, yes, that's brilliant when we've decided that's the part of the picture that we want to help them resolve. But in order to know that's the best place to start, we need to be able to stand back and get that really broad view of what's going on. And that's exactly the same with siblings. We need to step back and see the whole picture before we decide how best to respond and help. Now, obviously, there's a caveat to that. If, you know, there's a safety issue, if they are really beating each other black and blue, then you might need to step in straight away and do something. Not necessarily in the middle of them, because that could end up with yourself seriously injured. But you might need to. But obviously, if you can take that step back or after that incident, take that step back and go, okay, actually, what's the whole picture here? What do I need to be doing to help them? Then you're going to be able to give them arguably better support. Now, I'm saying arguably because better is a, is a you know, prerogative term. Prerogative? I think I've just made that word up. Not necessarily better, different support. And you can see the whole picture. It can be easy for one sibling as well to make it look like it's the other's fault, to make it look like it's the other sibling starting it. Or they might be gently encouraging the other sibling and gently winding them up and nudging them and pressing their buttons until they explode. So it looks like they've been sitting there. Oh, it wasn't me, mum. I didn't do anything, mum, when actually they were the instigator of it. I know that because I may just may have done that a few times with my brother. But I don't think I was that bad, she says, hopefully. And that's why stepping back is so important so that we can really see what is going on. When we've got that broader picture, when we can see what's happening, we can then think about how we help. And I'm going to suggest 
some places to start with that now to give you a kind of a starting point. And as I said, if you're in my free group, if you're in the hub, if you're coming to the conference, ask questions and we can work through this because every family is different. And remember, as we go through this, we can't change a person, but we can impact how they see others. We can impact how they see the world, but we can't force them to change. So here's some ideas, things that you can do differently or think about um, using within your parenting when siblings are struggling. Firstly, it's really important that they understand that you're not just standing by and letting it happen, particularly if one sibling is experiencing violence from the others. There may be a sense of you're not dealing with this parent. Why are you letting this happen to me? And we need to be really aware of that possible narrative in that child's mind. And this is one of the kind of fundamental parts of MVR, actually, when we're thinking about siblings is thinking, you know, what is that child thinking? How is that child feeling if their belief is that we're letting this happen? So one way that you can work with that is by getting them a supporter, getting them their own person that they can go and talk to and, you know, tell how they're feeling, share how they're feeling ask questions, get that support. Somebody that you know can kind of, you know, be there for them when they need it and will understand what's going on at home. So having a supporter for each of your children is really important and it does make a big difference, particularly if that person can say, you know, I think we could talk to your mum or dad about this. I think we could, you know, talk to them about how you're feeling. Do you want me there with you? Alternatively, you might have somebody who says, Joe, I'm not going to talk to your parents unless there's something really concerning, like a safety issue. Everything you say to me is between the two of us and we'll work out together how we're going to resolve it. Now, obviously, I'm saying that with safeguarding in mind. You, you know, you can never promise a child you can keep it quiet. If there's safeguarding issues and things like that. And ideally, you want that supporter to help open the channels of communication between the parent and the child or be the channel of communication between the parent and the child. We want to look at what each child is communicating in their behaviour as the second way that we can think about helping. What is it they're trying to say? Are they the aggressor? Are they the passive person in this relationship? Do they struggle with sharing things? And is that why they're, um, you know, being really aggressive with their sibling Is it actually that they feel that their sibling is better than them and they've got a lack of confidence and self-belief or that they feel that their sibling is the favourite one or something like that? When we can understand that, we can then start supporting that child with that kind of understanding and, and changing it for them or helping them see that that's not necessarily the case. Thirdly, we want to parent them both in the same way. Now, when I say that, I mean with the same approach. Obviously, it's not going to be exactly the same because they're both going to have different needs. But if you can parent them coming from the same place with the same approach, i.e. using MVR for both of them, it's easier because they don't see differences. If you're using more traditional parenting approaches for one, so maybe they're getting told off, they're getting um, illogical consequences, that type of thing, and the other one doesn't, they're going to feel like their sibling is potentially getting away with it. So it is important that you parent them using the same approach. Fourthly, think about 
interrupting the patterns of behavior. How can you do that? And how can you change that narrative that they have about each other or about the situation? You know, is it about actually changing the the timetable that you have within the family home? Is it about narrating to them what you can see happening as it's happening in a very calm tone, not engaging in it, but in a very calm way? Just to show them you can see, because it might be that just doing that is enough to really change the dynamics. The other thing is to talk to both of them after an escalation or a situation has occurred. Talk to them individually initially, understand what's going on for each of them. Think about how you could then bring them together, maybe mediate, help them see the other point of view and then maybe bring them together and say, we need to find a way through this. Now, obviously, that's not going to happen in one stage. It's not going to happen on the first day you try this. You're going to need to build it bit at a time so that they can see that you're moving it forward and you want the best for both of them. So go at the pace that they can go at rather than you saying, right, that's it. I'm solving all this problem today. You two sit down and solve your problems. I'm fed up with it. We all know for the best will in the world, that is not going to work. You know, they're not going to talk. They'll blame each other and you're not going to get anywhere. So talk to them both individually. Say that you can see that they're struggling, you know, sometimes with their sibling, that they're finding things hard. You're wondering how you can help. And, and work through it in the same way that you are helping them problem solve things that they are individually struggling with. You know, help them do that with their relationships, because as they learn to manage this relationship, they will learn to transfer those skills into other relationships. Now, obviously, for some of your children, um, particularly if you're an adopter, a foster carer, kinship carer, you may have quite significant trauma bonds between your children. And that is going to take quite a lot of work from specialists and therapeutic input to help them heal some of those trauma bonds. So everything I've said so far will absolutely work and will help, but you will potentially need extra support as well. So do talk to those around you um, if you feel that that extra support would be helpful for you. Because some of our children do need extra help. We as parents can't resolve everything and it's not always appropriate for us to resolve everything you know use that support network around you be it family friends school therapist whoever it is to help you solve these problems and support your child to get the best support that they need I hope that this has helped I wanted to share these ideas today so that you can start to think about siblings in a different way I know it can be incredibly frustrating when they're constantly arguing and you feel like you're at your wits end. I speak to so many amazing parents and carers who are dealing with sibling difficulties kind of all the time and trying to balance them out. And I think the most important thing is that we step back, we see the whole picture and then we think about what each child needs and how we can support both of them to move together and create more calm in the home and it won't be a magic wand we all know there's no one magic solution I, I wish there was but it will take time and over time you will absolutely get there and start to see some change but as with everything all change within the family often needs to be led by the parents particularly when the children are younger we we need to be the ones role modelling how to do it and what we want and how to have relationships and how to have connection. When we're modelling that, 
then it becomes slightly easier over time for our children to see that. So as I said, I'm going to be talking about this at the Connective Parenting Conference in May. Tickets will be on sale soon, so keep an eye out for those if you want to come and join us. Um, and we will be looking at this, you know, all the time in the hub, as well as um, I know it comes up in the free group a number of times. But absolutely, you know, if you want to come and join us at the conference, it would be great to have you. So I hope this has helped and given you some ideas. And I look forward to seeing you in next week's episode of Sarah Fisher Talks Connective Parenting.